0: Today's is Wednesday, August 29th, 2018, and the title is In Over Your Head. In Over Your Head. Um, Eve is going to share with us about John 15, 4 and 5, so if we can put this on the slide, please.
1: You guys can turn there Let's see who is there first. John fifteen, four and five. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And that's kind of like our message tonight, the main point of we need to be in the Lord. We need to be connected in, in Him. We need to remain in Him. The word remain in, uh, in Greek is actually like continuing, continually to be in His presence or to be present in His presence. Continually. We need to be connected close to Him because only then we can bear fruit. And only out of this relationship first with the Father can flow out of it the life and the fruits that we want to flow in our lives or in our relationships.
0: Amen. Would you say it's important to remain in the Father? Yes. Um, there is no... I mean, the Father said you cannot bear fruit without being plugged in in that branch. And uh, with that being said, let's go to ex- Exodus 33. And let's see what the cry of Moses said about that. And um, we'll go to Exodus 33. Start from verse 11. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face. Somebody say face to face. face. As a man speaks with his friend, then Moses would return to the camp. But his young age, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people. But you have not let know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name. And you have found favor with me. If you're pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that the nation is your people. How many listened to Pastor Wade's last message about big obstacles, bold leadership? It was an amazing sermon that we uh, really, it's, it's a way of life that we need to face it. And it's exactly the same thing that Moses was struggling with. He's saying, Lord, you told me to lead these people. You told me last Wednesday to lead boldly. Now what? The cry of Moses was saying, Lord, teach me your ways. Teach me your ways, Lord. Show me how to walk in it. And not teach me your ways so I may teach it to other people or go and do this and this and that. But he's saying, teach me your ways, Lord, so I may know you. He focused on the knowledge part, on spending time with the Lord on knowing who really God is. That was all his focus. Lord, he, he trusted that if he knows the Lord enough, he will be able to lead the people. If he trusts the Lord enough and knows God enough, he knows that he's going to be find always favor in his eyes. Would that be our cry today? Lord, would you teach me and show me the way in order to know you? Uh, that's something that has been working in our life, leading my family, depending on my relationship with the Lord. Some days I would, you know, wake up and I don't know what to do. Because I didn't start my day right. The whole day messed up. The whole day messed up. Why? Because you didn't start your day right. Anyone had this before? Yeah? So that's why it's important, guys, uh, to know the Lord. So if you can put the slide up. So the word know in Hebrew... Is yada and that just there's a little bit depth in it and that's what we're gonna see so yada it's a verb meaning to know to learn to experience to know people relationally and to be skillful there is a difference between knowing God by experience and knowing about God there's a lot of people That know about God. Even demons know about God. But there is have you been experiencing knowing God? Have you experiencing it sitting, making time to sit with God and just start to get to know Him more? Do you have that time to set apart to go in His presence? As we were singing today, Lord, I want to spend I want to know you more. I want to stay in your presence. Have you experienced him daily? And it's not one time thing experience and it's gone. The word is in a continuous present. It's you have to do this daily. Is that your cry every day? Do you cry every day? Lord, I want to know you today. Show me your way today, Lord. Um, If we go to Psalms 25, 4. That's another cry from David. Say there when you're there. I'm not getting there. Psalms 25, 4. I actually have my wife read that one. Here.
1: Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your path. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are God, my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long.
0: Can you tell that this is also a cry from King David himself? He's a king of all of Israel. And he's saying, Lord, he's crying out, teach me your ways. Teach me here in Hebrew. is Yada. Lord, would you make known your way to me? The other teach me here is Lamed. And we know Lamed is the Hebrew word for teach. And it uh, represents a staff, shepherd staff. And it's like, Lord, even though if you can teach me your way by your staff, in order to get me in the way that you're meant to be, I accept that. I'm open for that. Yes. Amen? Yeah. So today is the Lord that what he's going to do is staff, use his staff in our lives, put us in the right direction, put us in the right way exactly to know where he wants us to be. Amen. So, you know, we think this is just, okay, Moses has been crying out to God. David is crying out to God. What's God's response to that? Does God stay there? It's like, okay, you keep crying to me. You see, when it comes to a relationship between two people, it has to be both ways, right? If it's just love from one side, it's dead. There's a reason in America we have 50% divorce, more than 50%, that's actually what we know about. It's because there is no healthy relationship between the two, the giving. It's all everybody was just want to take and receive and that's it. But the healthy relationship, it's about that taking and giving. And it's even more giving more than taking. Amen? Amen. And let's see what God's response to that because we have a living God that we serve. Um, So let's go to Psalms 32 and verse 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. Man, I'll read this again because it's that good. (laughs) I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. Man, this is God's desire. He's saying, if you cry out to me, if you really want to know me, I'm going to come from heaven, and I'm going to show you and instruct you the way you should go. This is God's heart. This is God's desire for us. That He's just saying, I want you to win. I want you to be qualified. I want you to be my son and act like a son. Amen? Amen. So, is going to share with us um, something about how important it is to tune in into that relationship how to tune in in that just time that you have with the presence of god
1: yeah actually i was just a while ago i feel like i know so much how how to live it out we heard so much i learned so much all of my life long, and now i realize with ibrahim why suddenly am i not able to do this and like, I realize how this is so important if I have my relationship in the morning with the Lord. Like, on tu- on Thursday, he gave me the right word I needed for that day. And this Saturday was one of those days, I don't know, I didn't wake up early enough. My flesh was still too weak. and Yus- No, no, no.
0: The, the day before that, we're just learning about spiritual warfare. Oh, that That's what it is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that too. And my flesh came up, of course. And I was just sleeping too long, not getting into the word before. And Yusuf starts to get up, and everything starts to roll. And my time with the Lord was missing. And whenever I have this time missing with the Lord, it's so easier for me to get angry. It's so easier I'm just being in the flesh. And that's what happened is what happened this Saturday. And Ibrahim was like, yes, let's go in the Word this day and let's go together. We do it. We go study together. And I don't know what happened, how the flow went, and something happened, and that starts to get up in me. I'm like, no, but we should... Why is he just acting this way? Why doesn't he ask? Like, we need to make our schedule. Like, we need to work around the schedule, and Yusuf needs to sleep, and it's not working out. And in the end, we ended up for the longest time just discussing about how do we do this, how do we get enough sleep for Yusuf, and so on. And I don't know what happened with going into the Word. It just kept going back, going back. And one thing I said that went very, was very strong for Ibrahim in that time was like, yeah, that's how Yusuf cries. See how he didn't get enough sleep. And he's like, no, he's just hungry. Go take care of him." I'm like, no, he's just angry. I can't do anything. You don't know him. Like, you don't know his cry.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's... Um... But come on, let's be honest, man, here in this place.
1: <laughs> That's what happened.
0: <laughs> Me myself, if I hear, especially when I was a little bit younger, a baby crying, I would think, "This is my baby, right?" My mom was like, "No, no, no, this is somebody else." I was like, "Man, really, do I really don't get this?" But how many, for real, do we acknowledge the tune of cry of our babies? You see, Eve knew exactly what kind of cry that was. It's because the amount of time that Eve spends with Yusuf is definitely and obviously more than what I do, right? And that's how she can determine and she can discern what kind of voice this is. How much more do we need this to do this with the Lord? I mean, it is differentiate people from one another and say, how would that man can discern exactly where to go, right? Like as Pastor Wade was talking last time, Bim had a word in Indonesia and he was like, let's go this way. How would Bim on earth would be determined to talk and be sure about what God told him? It's because his ears is tuned to the heart of the Father and to the voice of the Father. It's because his time with the Lord shows that he can hear. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly how it should be with every one of us. Is the more that we tune in with the Lord. Is the more that we spend time with God. Is the more that we're going to be able to determine what exactly he wants us to say. What exactly what what he wants us to do. And where exactly where we want to go. Amen? Amen. Let's spend some more time with the Lord. Uh, yeah. It's It's time to get to know the Lord more. And I was thinking about it. Why did Jesus came? Why did Jesus come to earth? You know, it's obvious to say, yes, He came to save the world. He came to save me from my sin. And it is true. He came to save the world, and He came to save me from my sin. But He also, in Isaiah 6-1... He said that He came to preach to the good news. I mean, preach the good news to the poor. He came to bind up the brokenhearted and set the captives free and release darkness from the prisoners. This is the heart of the Father. And Jesus said, like, Jesus came to make known the Father to us. And to continue to make Him known. Guys, Yes, Jesus came to destroy the devil's work. We all need it. Anyone doesn't need that? We all need it. And yet Jesus came. His first priority is to let us know the Father. Is to let us know Him. Amen? Um, We'll see this in John 17. Let's get there. And we'll jump into verse 26. Amen. John 17:26: "I have made you known to them, and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them, and that I myself may be in them." He came to let us know him. He came so he can close in that relationship between us and the Father. You see, when man fell and fell in sin, there was a big gap between us and God. And Jesus came to bring that gap and say, don't worry about it. I got you. Just trust in me because I came to make that gap and connect the gap between us and God. The only thing you need to know is, come and sit at my feet come and know that I am the only way, truth and life, and there is no way to the Father except through me. That's the heart of Jesus.
1: Then if we go a little bit forward in John seventeen three, he actually says now this is eternal life. And hear what it says. It says that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Eternal life is that they may know you. And actually the same word that say here may know you is the same word in what is it, Matthew? Matthew seven, twenty one to twenty three. Matthew seven. Say there when you're there. Thank you. <laughs> I'm there too. So here it says in 21, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I will never knew you, or I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. This is the same word. That's why probably Jesus could say eternal life is to know me because one day he would be able to say I never knew you and I never want that he will tell this of us. I want to know him. And what does it mean to know him? He doesn't say, oh, you just know my name. Just say Lord, Lord, and just do all the things you hear about. No, it's about to know him, to be in this close close relationship with him, like daily seeking him, being close to him. And that's actually what happened with me one day. Like, I grew up in a church, and I knew so many things, and I was like, yeah, I want this, I tried it, and I felt like, after a long time, like, man, I want to know the will of God, I want to do it, but I can't do it. I go in camps, and I, it's amazing, and everything is the Lord, and we praise Him, and I go back in my daily life, and I can't walk it out, I'm, it just flows down, and it's, okay, I tried it, it doesn't work, I want to read the Bible, I know it's important. And that's what I would do, like, okay, I know I should read the Bible. It's like, I know it's good for me. So the whole day, I'm like just being busy, go to school and everything. And in the evening, oh, yeah, I need to read the Word. I read the Word. Okay, great, I'm tired. Put it away and sleep. And it's like nothing. I could read any book. And that's how my life was. And after a while, I was like, man, it doesn't work with this Christian life. Like, why should I do this? It's like, I want it, but I can't. Like, let me just give up. It's, it's It's not working. And I tried it out of my own strength. That's what I figured out later. But in that moment is when the Lord spoke to me. Somebody somebody would go in front in my old church, was speaking in tongues. And while the other person came to translate, I'm like, that's for me. And I'm like, oh, stupid. There are a lot of other people. Why should it be for me? But he started to speak, and it just went right in my, in my heart, in my seat, and my tears started to go down. And the Lord was just reminding me. It's like, I made you. I made you in my presence. Like, You're mine. Like, how dare I, thinking to go away? And I was just crying. It's like, wow, how, what did I think? It's not about how good I do my, like, everything. And after this, I had a long talk with my brother, and he just reminded me of the word. Like, hey, the word is true. Don't try to justify yourself through your own actions. And believe when the word says he made you righteous. It's he. It's not your own what you do. And it's actually about seeking the Lord. It's about you want to know him, want to be close to him. And right after this, I went to Egypt and... I went there for three months just to go, like I had the time to go and work with three children, and I was like, okay, Lord, I go there, I know nobody except this one person that I met in my church and connected me there, and I'm like, Lord, you're the only thing that is the same from before, everything else is different, like I need you, and if I want to do anything here and think I could make, change something, I need you to do it, like I'm just a little warm, and because I realized how dependent I am on the Lord, and Every, just right before this happened, yes, I want to seek the Lord. I was like, every day, Lord, I want to seek you. And in that moment, I started to open my Bible, and I was, like, reading it in the morning because I, I knew I can't do anything without him. And I was like, Lord, I, I open his word. I want to know you. Like, show me. Speak to me. And suddenly, it came alive. It was like, whoa, everywhere it's telling me about his will. And every day I started to write out things, and he spoke to me, and I was like, wow, it's a life. And it reminded me afterwards or when I read first second no, Corinthians three, it reminded me of this verse. What happened with me? Second Corinthians three fifteen until eighteen. Where it says, Even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts, but whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we, who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His likeness, with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And that's how it was. Like, before I would read the Word, like in the evening, whatever, it's like reading how they read Moses, and it, the veil is over your face. You don't understand it. There is nothing alive. But then I turned to the Lord. I, I Took my word because I wanted to turn to him, because I wanted to know him, to spend time with him. And suddenly this way went away and I could understand it lighted up to me. And that's how we can bring his glory. If I now try to work out his, his word, it's not because I'm trying to do my own effort to gain something, but just because it starts to flow and we will, we are being transformed into him.
0: To bring his glory. That's the end of the goal, guys. Um, if we look at John 17 and uh, let's get, uh, let's get there. John 17 and verse 4. Um, I know Caleb will like me because we've been a uh, long time now in John. And I know he's been studying John. So this is for you, Caleb. Um, John seventeen four. The end goal of Jesus was said, look, look at this. I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. The end goal of Jesus was to glorify the Father. Yeah. Is that right? and it's the same thing for us, that the end goal of knowing the Lord, if end goal that to spend time and to really deepen our relationship is that the Lord would be glorified in your life, that the Lord would be glorified in your marriage life. The Lord would be glorified at your work. The Lord would be glorified in your neighborhood. The Lord would be glorified wherever you go. This is the end goal for the Father to work on is to to bring glory whatever your hand touch. Amen? Amen. Um, So... Let me just go through three points um, on how to live that kind of a life. Anyone wants to know how to learn that kind of a life? Because I want to, um, and I'm desiring, and we're not just sharing with you guys this for you, but it starts with us. We need this more than anyone else. Um, This is, yeah, this is the word for us as well. Uh, So first point is priority. Priority. Putting God as a priority of your life is seeking the Lord. Is that your goal every day? Uh, let's go to Proverbs eight seventeen. And that will explain a little bit what I mean. Uh, Proverbs eight seventeen. Amen. I love those who love me, and those who seek me find me. Um, Let's put that slide on the screen, please. This coming slide, it talks about what seek means in Hebrew. And that will clarify everything uh, that I'm talking about. If you can put the second slide... The word, this name is Shakar. I don't know if I'm even pronouncing it right. But it's close to Arabic, so I would say maybe. <laughs> shakar means seek. And it, in Hebrew, one of the means for it is to start early in the morning. To see God early in the morning. And when I saw this, here we go. Be up early. Who wakes up early here? I know Mr. Charlie is the first one in the room. (laughs) Be up early. Seek Him in the morning. Is that the first thing we do when we wake up? And let's be honest with ourselves. Is the first thought that comes to your mind when you wake up? Say, good morning, Lord. Right? Or... I mean, I know this when I first fell in love with Jesus. That's everything what it was. Good morning, Lord. This is the first thing happened when I got married to Eve. It was like, good morning, honey. Right? But did we stop saying good morning, Lord? Did we stop even saying good morning, babe? And that's when you realize that there is something wrong. That's when you realize that your priority of life changed. And it's time to put the Lord back in your priority. It's time to put back your wife as your partner in life and that you would give her a priority over your work, over um, anything, over ministry. Because the ministry flows from your household. And if you care more about ministry more than your wife, there's something wrong. If you care more about your wife more than the Lord... There is something wrong. It has to go with that shalom. The order of shalom is your relationship with the Lord it starts first and then comes to your wife and then comes ministry and comes blah, blah, blah after that. But it has to start right. And that's priority. If we go back, um, I'll just go to Psalm 63 and verse 1. And that just shows us the heart of David. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. This word again, it's early in the morning. The first thing my soul longs for you is to, to look for you, God, to search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Can you tell that David was really, really putting God as a priority in his life? And that's exactly what we need to do, guys. I need to do this daily. Uh, I remember that one time uh, I had a bad, um, I was waiting for an email. And the email didn't come at night, so it was like really inside of me. I was waiting for it in the morning to see whether this contract will go through or it's going to fail through. And the first thing comes in the morning is I check my email. Right away, the first thing. I was longing to see what this email would say, right? And I wish I didn't. <laughs> so I got this email that my, the, the contract fell through and it's not happening. And you can ask my wife later, but not now, um, how, she, <laughs> how she got some response from me at that time. Go
1: do your own thing. <laughs>
0: She asked me to go do something with her and I was like, I gave her really... My attitude changed. Everything changed that morning. And why? It's because I depended on something not... I'd been in something in the world but not in the word, right? But God's grace that speak to Mr. Charlie that day and praise the Lord for Mr. Charlie... Um, He's been a blessing to our lives. He's just been like a father to us. And uh, we're grateful for him. He gives my call and he says, Ibrahim, do you have a burning word in your heart that you can share that Saturday? And oh, man. (laughs) Man, I told him, yes, I do. I'm burning inside of me, but I don't know if it's a burning word, you know. (laughs) That was bad. <laughs> but I said, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll get into the Word and I'll uh, see God's face and I'll see if I have a Word. And uh, we went directly. I went to my wife and started repenting to her. And I was like, I felt that conviction. You know, just the timing of it. You know, you, you would not, think that this is can be real, right? But this is God's desire. He wants us to do well. He wants to instruct us in a way. And he wants us to counsel us with his staff that whenever we go right or to the left, he goes back and say, walk in my way, right? Amen. And um, praise the Lord, we went to Jeremiah 17. And Jeremiah 17, you don't have to go there. It um, talks about blesses the man that trusts in the in the Lord, For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters. That no matter what season comes, no matter what kind of storm comes, no matter what kind of contracts fell through, no matter what your financial crisis comes through, no matter what you, whatever you're going through, the Lord said you would be blessed and you would never, bear to, you never fail to bear fruit. The Lord said that unless and as long as you remain in me, as long as you remain in that living water... I will be with you. I will never forsake you. And you will never fail to bear fruit. Amen? Amen. And that's why we know that the people in Turkey and the region of Aswan, they're going to bear fruit. The people in Romania, they're going to remain. I mean, bear fruit. The people that going in Indonesia and the Vincent, they're going to bear fruit. The people in uh, Peru and the Brazos, they're going to bear fruit. You know why? Because as long as we are in that living water, the Lord promised us to, that will happen. Amen?
1: and again it's like a continued thing it's not it was funny like one day I was talking to my friend about yeah we need to seek the Lord seek the Lord and he's like yeah but we've already found him and I'm like no, like, <laughs> no, it's not you go seek Him one day and once you're a Christian, you get your card, you know Him. No, like, we want to seek Him daily. We want to seek Him in this day, in this situation, in this decision I have to make. Like, all my life long should be wrapped around it. Like it says in Psalm 105 two: seek Him always. I always want to seek Him. Always want to be in this relationship.
0: So, So, first thing is priority. Somebody say Priority second thing is uh, hear and obey. Hear and obey. Let's go to John 14:21 Amen. Whoever has my commands and obey them. He is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my father. And I too will love him. And show myself to him. And show myself to him. Whom will Jesus show himself to? Is the one that keep the commands and obey them. Keep the commands and obey them. Also in Matthew seven twenty four, it talks about the wise man, the wise man, the guy that hears the word of God and apply it in his life, right? So do we hear and we stop there? Do we hear and it's like, that's a great word. Man, the way you just said it was just fantastic, pastor. And you hear it from here. And as soon as you leave that place, you live your ordinary life. You forget what exactly what the Lord just spoke to you personally. You get into your quiet time and you're speaking with God. And you speak speaking and you're praying. You're praying with God. And God speaks to you. And He speaks to you in your life things that He's pruning in your life. Or He's telling you things to do after that. And you end up with like, man, I had my quiet time today. It was great. But what did you do with it? Did you apply the word of life that you got that day into your life? Did you apply this in your work? This is something that is reviving, guys. This is something that we're learning to do as a spouse. We're learning to do as Ibrahim, myself, is learning how to hear from God and apply it to my life. It's like this man that is building on that rock, that whatever comes, No matter how difficult the situation is, you know exactly how to face it. Yes, today, like when we had thunder in the house, I don't know how many people had thunders today, but we had some, the electricity went off for a little bit. It's okay. It's okay. You know why? Because the house is still standing. It's okay to run out of water for a little bit. It's okay because the house is still standing. No matter how fast the wind comes, how strong the, the, the storm comes, you're still standing. Yeah. And that's something that I'm sure of because we are still here, guys. Yeah. We're still here. And we're building on that rock and that foundation because we are still here. Yeah. Jage, that you're still here, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> JJ, you're still here. You know what it says? It means that you longing to know something. You're longing to know the Lord more. You want and you desire that. And as long as you desire to know the Lord and build your foundation on that rock, nothing will move you. Amen?
1: Yes. It also means, like, what came to my mind, like, actually putting into practice what we learned in marriage counseling. That's what I felt like back in the days when the Lord was just reminding my relationship with Him. I felt like, yes, I'm bearing fruit, and every day I need Him, and I learned to walk with Him daily, and I loved it. And I feel like now, since we are married, it was all awesome, but it like changed my life totally. And I feel like I have to start over again to learn how do I put it into practice. Now I have to with my husband together. Like how do we search him together, or still sometimes me alone, and us together? And how do I do this when I have to obey him? Like, like and praise my praise the
0: Lord for the marriage counseling.
1: You know, that was awesome. <laughs> That's true.
0: If you didn't do marriage counseling, I'm announcing right now, it's time to do it. <laughs>
1: Well, so that's what I, just the last some weeks, I'm struggling with still. Like, just always the thing coming up inside of me. But Ibrahim, why does he say that? I think it should be different. And just, like, it starts bubbling in me. And I'm like, okay, I want to do what pleases the Lord, but, but it's so strong. Like, how do I how do I walk it out? Like, I know I should not be upset with him. I know I don't want to react out of this, but it's bubbling so hard in me that I feel like it's just coming out the next time I see or talk to him. And that's what the Lord is showing me how... Like, that's just a struggle that it says in Romans 7. I want to do what is right, but still I do what is not right. And the Lord is putting on my heart Romans 8 and verse 5. It's actually my stone right now that needs to come with me wherever I go. Uh, Romans... Romans 8, 5. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The Lord is just showing me how, praise the Lord, Jesus did it. He was dying for our sins, and we are... He set us free from our sinful nature, from the law of sin in us, so that we can be now walking in the Spirit. But I'm still struggling with it. It always tries to come up with the sinful nature, my desires. But this verse is telling me I want to be led by the Spirit. And in accordance to do this, I need to not go with my... My mind should not be set on what my desire wants. Oh, but I think this is better, but I want to be in control of the No, I need to stop those thoughts and like turn and be like... Spirit, what do you desire? I want to know you. I want to know what you desire so that I can walk it out. I want to know your ways.
0: Yes. Can I just encourage you that they when you first started and sharing that testimony or that uh, situation that happened between us with that struggle um, on that Saturday, we had a long debate. We wanted to reach out to the Word and get time with the Lord and spend time and it was just spiritual warfare but can i tell you the moment we realized that and we said let's go to the word and let's stop arguing let's stop whatever we're doing and let's together let's go into the word can i tell you that solved everything yeah. can i trust me this made so much peace in our home that it just revived our home again as like kind of like something happened you know like revival happened in our home right it's it's like how do you turn 360 one time you know only the word of god can do this only the living water can do this Amen?
1: amen and i loved it how actually caleb was preaching last time and he said this gap of knowing and doing is actually the holy spirit that is filling it and the holy spirit set us free but now we need to also walk in it and walk in the spirit and yeah that just says in galatians 5 now we we live in the spirit we are alive in the spirit but now let's walk in the Spirit. And I'm just learning how to walk it out. And sometimes when I'm still in the struggle, last Sunday God reminded me, yes, I know you can't do this. That's why you need my Spirit. And when you realize that you can't do it, like I realized before in my life, like it's not out of my effort, but Lord, I need you. I need your Spirit to help me in this. And then when I'm dependent on him and I know I can't do it out of myself, it's not for my glory. Whenever I'm going to be succeeding and people might be saying, oh, wow, how could you just submit like this to your husband? Praise the Lord, it's him. I could not do this. I realized that already. <laughs> but it's for the glory of God and of my own glory.
0: Amen. So we got priority down. We got hear and obey. And the third point would be make the effort to depend, to deepening your relationship. Make The efforts. So somebody say priority. Priority. Hear and obey. obey. Make the efforts. efforts. Uh, Let's go to Exodus twenty-seven. And this one, brother Chris, speaking of depending on each other. That I need my brother, and my brother needs me. He blessed me actually with this verse. So it's Exodus twenty-seven twenty. Okay. You there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. I'm still not. <laughs> Well, this is basically talks about how you need to get, command the Israelites to bring clear olive oil. Pressed olive oil. And keep it in order for your lamp to be burning. And you need to make that effort to come to the presence of God. You need to make that effort to set apart time and force your way into it. Force your way into it. Don't let any circumstances keep you away from that. Don't let any negative thoughts take you away from being in the presence of God. You have to make that effort. You have to make that effort. Go bring that clear oil. And to keep your lamp burning. Amen? Um, As we are encouraged by Paul that says, fight the good fight. Don't stay still. Fight the good fight. You know, he said this for a reason, and you know Paul's life. But you know what's really impressing about Paul? When it says in Philippians 3, 7 and 10, it says that I consider everything is a loss. Everything loss. Why, Paul? Because in, for the sake of knowing God. For the sake of getting Making efforts and stay in God's presence in order to hear from Him and in order to walk under His will, in order to walk under His yoke, and to be exactly like Jesus did, to see what He was seeing and to do exactly what the Father was doing. Paul had the same prayer and he said, As consider everything is a loss. Everything is a loss for the sake of knowing Christ. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. Amen? Is that your prayer today? Yes. Man. um, Can I tell you there will be a lot of war against you when you do this? (laughs) The devil came to steal and kill and destroy. And he's not going to let you do that. He's not going to let you just fight the good fight and let you win. But the good news is that His divine power has given us everything to live a godly life. Amen, yeah. amen. Um, can I tell you just a quick example? How many is how many people are married here? All right. Um, can you just flash back a little bit and see how did life look like in that honeymoon? How? Woo! <laughs> How did your life look like in the first two weeks or a month of your marriage? Okay, now for the single people, raise your hands. Now married people, lift your hands as well. Now flash back the first day or the first month that you fell in love with Jesus. How did that look like to you? It was easy. Everything is flowing. Everything is like... I remember when we had that time i um, not going to go through details, but it was amazing. It's just like everything is just like flowing, right? It's the best time of our life. But it takes efforts to maintain this. It takes that efforts to dig deep in the presence of God to revive us again, to go and say, Lord, I don't want to be in the shallow waters anymore. I don't want to stay there anymore. I'm static. I'm in swamps. Nothing is living in me, and I want to go deep in your presence. I want to go back to that first love again. Is that your desire today? Is that your desire today to revive your relationship with God? Remember everything He's done for you. Remember everything that your wife has done for you. Are you ready to revive your relationship with the Lord tonight? Are you ready to revive your relationship with his spouse tonight? Yes. Is it time to say good morning to your wife in the mornings? Yes. Amen. I'll take that as a confirmation, alright? You see, the reason I said there is more than 50% divorce in America is because man is looking for four things it's to be accepted I want to be loved I want to be people that need me I want to be wanted and that's a reason probably because a lot of people leave churches for that reason they don't feel I'm needed in that place, right? same thing uh, second thing that man is looking for is security If it's not secure enough, uh, I cannot do it. We men looking for security. Third thing is identity. I don't know even who I am. That's why I'm going to marry someone to tell me who I am. Right? That's why I'm going to marry someone to give me that security that, like, man, didn't the word say two better than one? That's the security right here. Nobody loves me, so I'm going to marry someone that is going to love me and stay beside me, right? And the purpose, the fourth thing is purpose, is when I get married to my wife, man, we're going to have kids, we're going to have a home, purpose. And that's why there is more than 50% divorce. There is why we don't even how much more is the people that even not married and they break up. Is because they come with the intention of receiving, receiving their acceptance, receiving their security, receiving their identity, receiving their purpose by marrying somebody. And that's why divorce happened. That's why destruction comes to the home and split. But you know what happened with Moses, if you go back to Moses 33? And we'll look at verse 11 and 12. Never mind, we'll start from 13. Um, Let's start with 12. Moses said to the Lord, You have been telling me, Lead these people. Would you see this as a purpose? But you have not let me know who you will send with me. Would you see this as he's looking for security as he goes? You have said, I know you by name. And I have found favor and you found favor with me. Would you say he's looking at that acceptance? And knowing by his name, his identity? See, you cannot... Fulfill these four things by just going to a man to do it. Or going to a woman to do it. Your four things, your acceptance, security, your identity, your purpose. If it does not come from the Lord, I'm sorry to tell you, but you got messed up. And your life will be messed up. So it's time to go back and get these things from the Lord, guys. And it's, it's for us first. And I'm challenging you. And this is my heart cry for you is go back to that first love. Go back and get your identity from the Lord. Go back and get your security from the Lord. Not from your job or your anyone is around you. Go back and get to know who you are from the Lord. Go back and get your purpose and your mezuzah from the Lord. Not from people around you. Amen. Amen.
1: And that's actually something the Lord was speaking to me before I got married to you, uh, to Ibrahim, not Yusuf. I'm sorry, <laughs> to Ibrahim, and then we have Yusuf. Well, <laughs> priorities. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <It's cute. laughs> well, so in Egypt, I fell in love with Jesus, and in the end of my trip, I also fell in love with Ibrahim. But I had to go back to Egypt, uh, to Switzerland, and I was like studying for three years. And I told the Lord, I'm not just going to go back because of a man. If I go back just because you tell me. And so we were kind of like trying to keep up with, um, with like typing or anything. But very really soon we realized, no, we need to forget about this. And I had this struggle too of like, man, Lord, I fell in love with you. I realized how to live with you every day, how to seek you every day. And I want to keep doing this. Like I know how I need this for my life. And now all these two thoughts come in about, oh, but Ibrahim, that was very nice too, remember? And it just distracts my thought, you know? <laughs> and I was like, Lord, no, I want you to be my first priority. I want you to be more important, and I don't want this to distract, distract me. I don't want a husband to turn me away from you. And I was like, just struggling against it, like, always put my desires in the Lord and told him about, like, that I want him first. And one day I was able to tell him, to say, okay, Lord, I rather decide not to marry instead of marry somebody that keeps me away from from following you because I want to follow you. And while I said it, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want to not to marry, but but yes, I want the Lord so much more. And in that moment I knew that I put the Lord first now. So I was like just working on forgetting Ibrahim and it took me like maybe one and a half years kind of until I was really like, okay, maybe the Lord has somebody else. Took me a long time. But maybe after two years I was just really sure I'm, like, done with him. And I was driving in the train, and I was driving home from work, and suddenly it remind, I just got reminded of the last evening when he, like, touched my hand, and there was, like, butterflies in my stomach, and it just came back again. <laughs> so I was like, oh, my gosh, Lord, well, I was really sure I'm done with him now. Why does he come back to me? Like, what is that? I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> and Jesus was talking to me and saying, what were those feelings? What kind of feelings did you have? I'm like... Huh, I felt loved, like I felt special for somebody. I felt like accepted. It was it was special. Like all those feelings, those desires that a woman have, you like kind of like feel in this moment fulfilled. And the Lord is speaking to me and says, Eve, I'm gonna feel this. I'm gonna be the one that is feeling all those desires, the deepest desire you have, and nobody else can feel them the way I can. And in this moment it rushed over me. I was just sitting in this train and I was full. It, just, it was like a heavy, nice fullness coming in top, like on me. And I was like, I have everything I need. I don't need a husband ever to, for me to fill my deepest desires. And it was just amazing to know if you're filled from the Lord, then you're going to be able to give to your husband out of this fullness. And you don't have to go, oh, but you need to love me more. You need to give me this more. But then you can be this loving wife that is here and that is giving and not receiving. Amen. Amen.
0: Man, I uh, would like to wrap this up and um, just remind you guys of these three things in order to get to know the Lord. Priority, hear and obey, and make the efforts. Priority, hear and obey, make the efforts. I would like to invite the team, uh, the patent team up, and um, as we're wrapping up, let's go to. <laughs> Did I miss naming them again? Okay, that's how I called him when I first saw him. So <laughs> uh, let's go to Ezekiel forty-seven, and um, as the team makes their way up here, I would like to actually, if you don't mind, uh, to stay in that place again. That song. Um, Ezekiel 47, starting from verse 1. The man brought me back to the entrance of the temple. I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple towards the east, for the temple faced east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside to the outer gate facing east. And the water was flowing from the south side. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and then led me through water that was ankle deep he measured off another 1000 cubits and led me through water that was knee deep he measured off another 1000 and led me through water that was up to the waist he measured off another 1000 but now it was river that i could not cross Because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in a river that no one could cross. My prayer to you today as we wrap up. Are you ankle deep with the Lord with this living water? Did you already just stop there and you're ankle deep and you say, I'm done. Now I can swim. Or are you now knee deep? I say, man, I'm better than the one in the ankle deep right there. Or are you waist deep? And still you don't want to dive the whole way in because still you have fear inside of you. You have fear to lose everything. You're just waist deep. If you move any further, then you'll have to dive in. What are you? Where are you in that relationship? Or are you swimming in that deep waters? Because the good news is that these deep waters never finish. You cannot get to a max limit and that's it. It said there was a river that no one can cross. And no matter how deep you are in that living water, in that flowing river... You still can go deeper and deeper and deeper. And the good news is in Revelation, it says that the more the living water was flowing, the more trees were bearing fruit. The more you go deep into the presence of God, God will speak over you and God will multiply and make you fruitful wherever you go. Is that your heart today? Let's go after Him.
2: As you're standing to your feet, man, what a good word. One of my favorite parts about this that speaks to everyone, not just the married people here, but as Ibrahim and Eve are sharing about the the seriousness of the fact that if you're here and you're married, have you been looking to your spouse to give you things that only Jesus Christ can do in you? Goodness Gracious. I've been married for 21 years. That made me really stop and think about my own life. If you're single here, if you're thinking that becoming married is the thing that you need to finally give you the happiness that you've been looking for. Not even marriage can do that if you haven't already found that in Christ. The truth is, is what makes you ready for marriage is the fact that you've already gone to Christ and found it. If you're waiting on marriage to do that, then you will always be waiting on something else. Tonight, as we begin to worship, I want you to respond rightly to the Lord. How deep are you getting in his presence? Is it just a little bit in the morning? Is it just a little bit in the afternoon? Are you waiting on other people to have the right kind of depth in their relationship that you can kind of get pulled along in the current of their life? Are you moving from ankle deep to knee deep? Are you moving into that river? I love the progression of, me- of, of verse 5. He measured off a thousand, another thousand, but now it was a river that I could not cross. Can you hear the progression of Ezekiel's thoughts here? Man, this is too much for me to cross. Now it's deep enough to swim in. You know, now that I really start to see it, I don't think anybody can cross this. I think it's enough that as deep as I want to get, there's more for me to go get. There's more for me to get. As we begin to pray tonight, let's just spend time and get deeper in his presence. Husbands and wives, think about what our friends have brought to us tonight. Let's make sure that we're going to the Lord. Single folks, young people, whoever you are, let's go to the Lord tonight. Let's go get deep in his presence. Let's get in over our heads in his presence right now together. Mighty-